Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck, a medallia company, and the Success League. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Strike Deck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer a certification program for CSMs and coaching for customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Heyer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of The Success League. I am so excited today. Sherry Srebnik, who's one of our longtime customers, is joining me on the podcast. And we're going to be talking about how she worked with her team at Search Metrics to build both an account plan template and a joint customer success plan. And she's going to share her tips and ideas with all of you. So, Sherry, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. Thanks, Kristen. I am super excited to be here. Uh, you know, I always love chatting with you. Um, and I'm, like I said, I'm really excited to be part of this podcast today. Cool. Well, before we get started, can you tell us a bit about your career path and how you landed in customer success? Oh, wow. Sure. Um, it certainly has been in quite the interesting journey. If I want to go really far back, and I will just for a second, um, back into like late in high school and even throughout college, my jobs, I always worked in hospitality. I oh, okay. my, first, my first jobs were in a catering hall and in restaurants. Um, and in the catering hall, I worked specifically with the bride and the, you know, the couple that just got married and their families from the second, I was the first face that they saw from the second they arrived. And I was the last face they saw when they left. And really, if you think about it, my job was ensuring that their, you know, the success of their reception yeah. And that everything that they wanted for their day came true as much as I was part of that. Um, even in restaurants, you know, working with your customers as a server or bartender, I'll never forget my dad had once said to me, think of your station, you know, what your table station is as a, you know, when I was a server, mm -hmm. that's your, that's your business. You're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Every, every day go into work like this, you know, how am I going to maximize my business? So it was interesting. That was the mindset um, that I always went in, went in with, but it was always customer facing. I loved talking to people. I loved building relationships, getting the hope, trying to make their experience a great one as much yeah. as I could. Right. So that really transpired through um, after college, actually into client facing roles. I would say my entire career has been in those types of roles. I've done everything from straight sales. Um, into account management roles and even hybrids, roles that were a little bit new business and a little bit account management. And over time, one of the things that I had learned was that a straight sales role, like super hunter, quota driven, um, was just not for me. It, it didn't speak to my strengths. Um, I was never comfortable in it. 
But the one, but the one part that I did love was meeting people and learning about what their needs were and building relationships. And that's always where I excelled. And in 2009, with everything happening in, in the world and the recession that we were in then, I was one of the unfortunate people who had gotten laid off. Yeah. But instead of, you know, being like, oh my God, the world is crumbling, I decided to use that as an opportunity uh, to really focus what did I want next? I didn't want a job, I wanted a career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to take that time, fortunately, to, you know, put on paper, what, what is it that I'm good at? Mm-hmm. You know, where would I like to improve? And is there a career that helps me improve on those things that makes the stronger things even stronger, if that makes sense? Yeah. Um, and really focus on the things that I know I'm good at and that I want to do. Um, and as I really kind of started formulating that plan and I started retooling my resume and looking on LinkedIn and looking on job boards, I started seeing these customer success jobs. I didn't know what they were. I had never really heard about it, you know, in that sense. And so I started digging into all these job racks and I'm like, this is it. I had my aha moment, as Oprah would say, everything in the job racks that spoke to me. This I'm like, and I found myself reading them and nodding until, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to dislocate my neck here if I keep nodding so hard with everything <laughs> that they're asking for. But this was, I, I felt like this was, this was what, this is where I belonged. This was my community. This was, I needed to, I needed to find my way in here. And that's what I pursued. And I used, you know, I kind of focused my resume on my strengths and tailoring it to what I saw in those job recs. And eventually it paid off. And here I am, you know, 11 years later. That's awesome. And also that's some great advice for some of the people who right now are in the situation you were in in 2009, I think, you know, take this time when you might not be working to really think about what you want to do. I think that you were smart to look at it that way and really take advantage of that downtime. Yeah, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't easy. You know, you're still without a job, but I tried to, you know, I tried to focus on, okay, what's going to be my next move. And I didn't want to take a job just for the sake of it either. And then be in the same position all over again. Right. So right now you're at search metrics. Can you share a little bit about what the company does and how your CS team is set up there right now? Sure. Um, So search metrics is a global SEO and content marketing software platform. Um, our software and our services, which is our digital strategies group, um, helps to deliver the data and the insights that it helps to enable marketers to reach their SEO and content marketing goals. Okay. And um, in terms of our CS team, so obviously we're global. Um, I'm focused specifically here in the U.S. Um, we do have teams in the U.K. and over in Germany where our global headquarters is. So uh-huh. focused in the in the U.S., we have our larger services team, um, and that is comprised of our um, professional services or our DSG group, mm-hmm. customer success, as well as account management. Okay. Um, and in, as going down into customer success, there are a total of five of us. So there's myself. Um, I have three CSMs and a CS analyst who also her primary function, I would say, is managing support. So that technical support here in the U.S. as well. And all of us are focused, not just CS, but services. Um, We're focused on 
retention and growth and NRR. Um, but I would say that overall, our CSMs are the quarterbacks, right? We own the engagement with the account. We coordinate the plays. We bring in the other internal stakeholders as needed. Um, we advocate and do all the great things that CSMs are out there doing. Cool. That helps just to give us a little bit of context as we dive into what we're going to talk about next. So on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about account plans and success plans. So can you tell us what the difference is between those two and why it's important to have both? Yeah, so they're both important. (laughs) Um, I agree. Both important. So I would say, first off, really simplified. The account plan is an internal document. Yeah. Um, And the success plan is external. It's client facing. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to, like I said, I would start there. Um, The account plan, that's a little bit more in depth. That should be really strategic. And in my opinion, it's designed to help identify opportunities, improve relationships, um, grow revenue, create value, reduce risk. It's your compass. It's sort of your North Star. Mm-hmm. It's a map that shows where your client is today, where they want to be or where we want them to be tomorrow yeah. and how we're getting there. Um, it helps to provide transparency across the organization because it's not just, you know, yeah. um, just for CS to look at and marketing sales. They are part of it. Um, you know, other revenue generating um, people within the organization are responsible for revenue might be involved. And yeah. again, it's tracking and accountability. So that's sort of the... Um, you know, that's the, that's the big document. That's, we have that, in, it's an Excel document with multiple tabs and we have a lot of information in there. Yeah. Um, the joint success plan, like I said, that's that external document that ideally you're doing that, you're creating that, you're building that with your client. This mm-hmm. is where you want to document a customer's goals yeah. um, and then track them. It also helps to provide accountability, but I think it, in my opinion, more importantly, it really helps them to have a hand in their own success. Mm-hmm. Because they may say they know their goals, but when you're actually speaking them out loud and trying to put them on paper, I've seen things shift. Yeah. Maybe they're not so sure of what those goals were, or now that they've said it out loud, they're like, mm, no, that's not exactly right. Yeah. And that's, that's where a CSM can be really helpful in asking good questions and digging in a little bit further, maybe even using those five whys as to why they want to achieve something and then building from that. Um, And I also believe that that joint success plan, I mean, the account plan too, but really that joint success plan, that is the basis or at least a huge crucial part of your EBR or QBR, however you do them, because this is where you're going to show ROI. This is what you said you wanted to achieve. This is what we've achieved. And this is what we're tracking to achieve. And it should also have room to plan out growth. It shouldn't just be, yeah. oh, well, we've accomplished this. We're good now. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it needs to be a living document. And it's something that you continue to change and add to and adjust as you go through the whole life cycle with the customer. Um, yeah, so that's that's very cool. So as you and I were talking about this topic and kind of preparing for this podcast, you mentioned that one of the first things you needed to do as you were getting buy-in to um, roll out this uh, account plan was to get sales involved. How did you go about generating buy-in with the sales team and why was that so important to you? Well, I th- they're the one, sales is where it all starts. Yeah. So are they having the right conversations um, and are they bringing in customers that are the right fit? 
Um, but luck, fortunately for us, we are in a position now where we have really worked on that. We have a really strong <laughs> team yeah. and we also have a VP of sales that gets it. Yeah. And he has said over and over again, like, I, we want a, we don't just want to bring in accounts. We want to bring in and bring on board customers that are going to stay with us. Yeah. Um, and so I, I am fortunate to have that. Um, and because of that, we also have this handoff process. And I know I've talked about this before in other places. Um, we finally really have that nailed down and it's successful. So in my mind, this is really just an extension of it. Sales mm-hmm. knows what they, you know, what we're looking for. But then when you look at the account plan and they do the account plan with the CSM as the internal kickoff, if they bring in a client, one of the things they do internally in that meeting is let's open up this account plan and you're going to help us fill this out. And you already knew some of the stuff we needed because it's laid out in the process mm-hmm. document for the handoff. Um, yeah. but as they start to see it, they also realize, oh, you, this is good stuff. I should be asking these questions. I don't know that mental note for next time. Maybe I need to dig into this. So it yeah. helps them without constantly, I think, throwing things at sales. You need to do X or you need to do Y. The more they start to see this and the more that you're collaborating internally with your CS, your CSMs, that also builds the relationship, but now you both know, like it becomes a rhythm that you establish. This is what I need to know. This is how we're going to help each other. And then the CSM will take that, you know, and then in the kickoff call, they're going to take that and build upon it because we certainly Mm -hmm. don't want to have that conversation starting at the same place the salesperson did or the AE, you know, the AE did because then we're going to seem like we're really not aligned internally. Right. So sharing this with my VP sales and walking it through with him um, was really helpful. So and uh, on top of that, this kind of came up sort of on the, you know, not even purposely, but I shared it with my CMO mm-hmm. and he, he loved it as well, because let's be honest, this this helps marketing. He saw the value. Yeah. Because sales and marketing, you know, what are, you know, trying to get their job is to bring in, marketing's job is to help sales bring in leads. And then there's also the customer marketing aspect. So right. what do we know and how can we use that account planning information in our CRM and in other places that will help boost the marketing team when they're doing all of that account based, the ABM or customer marketing or however they're using it? This is valuable information for them. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing that I see helping sales and marketing from from this kind of a, an approach is really, you know, helping them to see unique and different use cases for the solution. And, um, you know, as you dig in and, you you know, as a CS team, you're getting really good at, you know, looking at, okay, for a specific customer, what specifically were they hoping to get out of this solution and how can we help them prove that? When you feed that back to sales and you feed that back to marketing, they're like, oh, you know, we were kind of buying into all our own rhetoric and we, you know, we didn't think about it that way. And so it gives them more talking points and it gives them more ways to present your solution that might resonate better with a new prospect. So I think that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And what we've done recently, and this is just like super early implementation is even resegment and look at it by vertical in which a client sits in, because Mm -hmm. that can, that's also going to help sales and marketing in terms of targeting, but it's going to help the CSMs and even building the account plan because then how do we build, you know, best practices or use cases and get 
be able to tell stories yeah. to other clients in that vertical that, that resonate. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So tell me what was your approach to building the account plan template that you developed? Well, first I agonized over it. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> of course I did. You know how I am. And I agonized over it. And then I agonized over it a little bit more. And then in the middle of all that agonizing, I decided to boil the ocean. Uh-huh. That's how I operate. And then finally I got over myself and I was like, okay, what am I doing here? So all joking aside, I actually used the, um, the Success League business model worksheet as my initial guide. Okay. That, was my, that was my starting point. It was really helpful. Um, but I wanted to build on that because I thought that there was a lot more that we could incorporate. But that was that was really in the beginning of what I knew I wanted to include that. How did I want to set it up? But what else did I want to include? And I wanted to ensure that we captured really key information that helps us understand the background of their business. I mean, mm-hmm. we're involved in search where people are coming to us for their search and content marketing goals. It's around their website. How do mm-hmm. they monetize their website? And where mm-hmm. are we putting that on paper? Like for, you know, so to speak, how are we looking at that? What's their background? What is their, who are their competitors in, in their space? And if they are brick and mortar as well, you know, do they see the difference between who their brick and mortar competitors are versus who their, you know, online search competitors are? Um, yeah. Any suppliers, vendors, like who else do they rely on in their supply chain if they do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or their org chart and personas and the type of influence. It's great to know, okay, great, we know that these were the three people involved in the decision, but who are they and what kind of influence do they have over the renewal? Mm-hmm. Because I find that we oftentimes get involved in maybe people that really have no influence and they're really good as, you know, in a persona situation, they're those talkers. They love to talk to you and tell you information, but at the end of the day, you spend a lot of time with them. They have no influence. Yeah. And this is where we captured everything. So I wanted to make sure that we had a place to put all of that information. Okay. So, so far we've got, we've got, what is their business model really when you boil it down? It's like, how are they going to market? Who are their competitors? What, you know, how are they pricing things? All of that. And then you've got the org chart. That's a part right. of it. Like, and what, like who's who and who's got influence and who doesn't all of that. Yes. And then what else did you add? We added, um, so like I said, market, the market landscape, uh-huh. um, customers' goals and objectives. Like, why did they buy us? What was their decision yeah. process, right? Were there any obstacles um, in in this process? What did we have to, did the AE have to overcome anything? Was anybody else brought in from yeah. certain metrics that had to help this, right? What were key metrics or KPIs that were mentioned? Were there any gaps in our knowledge, any areas of focus, um, what are their objectives Objectives for this year? Um, uh-huh. What was their vision? Any growth objectives? Because just like I mentioned earlier with the success plan, it doesn't just end with what they say they want. It's <laughs> yeah. a place for growth. Right. Be, you know, so how are we, how are we doing that? Um, and any threat objectives. So this is something that I always um, encourage the CSMs to ask in a kickoff call. And I know um, I ask it if, and I don't onboard many people anymore at this point, but mm-hmm. I always say, what would put this, you know, thinking a year from now or, you know, nine months from now, as we start looking into the next year, what would put this renewal or this partnership at risk? Yeah. What would make this successful and what would make this put this at risk? And it's important to ask that question so that you understand what you could be up against so that you 
don't fall down that path if that's mm-hmm. something you can actually control and avoid. Um, right. So that, and then the action plan, and which the action plan for me is what I take and it can be the building blocks of your success plan. Like what were the things mm-hmm. that they mentioned that they wanted to achieve? Yeah. So that's really kind of the meat and potatoes of all of that, any other stakeholders or partner contacts, if they work with an agency, um, who are their contacts at that agency or anybody else that we should be aware of that might need to come into conversations at any point. And then, like I said, the org chart, the key contacts and roles, what products did they buy from us? What kind of, what does their license, their contract look like? Um, and then even a place for marketing engagement. Do we know that, do they listen or download our podcast? Have they attended yeah. webinars? Um, well, we don't have in-person meetups anymore, so um, that's yeah. out for a little bit. But are they engaging with us outside of with your CSM? Yeah. And that, and so there's all of those pieces. And how can we can we or can we build a testimonial for this? How can we how can we use this to have a conversation later um, and build this partnership? So that's there's a lot of different facets to to this account plan that I wanted to make sure that we included. Got it. So along with the account plan template, you also developed a joint success plan for your customers. So how did you go about developing that document? And does that differ from customer to customer? That's a great question. Um, I think this one for me was slightly easier because I felt like it was sort of an extension of the account plan, but just hyper-focused on the objectives or their outcomes. What are they looking to achieve? Um, We have a little bit of a challenge I think maybe more than some other software companies where, you know, you might say if you're HR software, like you have, there might be a specific way to track certain things or yeah. get look at goals differently. With search and especially organic search, SEO is a little harder. It doesn't happen in three months. Um, but what are the goals? What are things that are maybe short term and long term? Short term could be anything like I want to get, make sure the entire team is onboarded within six weeks. Um, and then using a certain part of the platform and, you know, so what can we look at maybe on a 30, 60, 90 day timeline? And then what are our longer term goals for the court, maybe for, you know, the rest of the year? Okay. And what does that look like? So that template, like I said, we should have some of the pieces of it from the account plan, but this is where I want, um, the CSMs to really be able to dig in with their client. There should also be, let me caveat this with saying that they, Ideally, the AEs are mentioning this in their conversation. Your CSM is going to be working with you to partner with you in your success, right? So this Mm -hmm. isn't completely foreign um, and sort of lay that groundwork. But (laughs) it's, you know, it's really helpful to get people to actually say what their goals are, because interestingly, a lot of them can't give you goals. Right. Well, I think a lot of them understand the outcomes they're looking for, but they have never maybe gone through the exercise of turning an outcome into a goal and putting parameters around it so you can measure it. So I think that then falls to a lot of CS teams to figure out how to help them through that process. I I really appreciate the SMART goal framework or whatever model that you want to use, because I know there's quite a few of them out there. But I really think whether you want to use it in sort of an OKR format and SMART goals are similar. I think it's helpful to look at it in, in that way because I think when people people often say goals and they're very broad, right. right? I want, for example, for what we hear, I want more traffic. Right. 
<laughs> so does everybody else. But what does yeah. that mean? Let's 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 dig in a little further. And again, I think yeah. that's where that the five whys are really good. Yeah. Why do you want more traffic? And it gets them to think because I I oftentimes, you know, I think when you dig in with that, they re- they start to see the light bulb going off. Yeah, they do. Um so yeah. it's it it helps yeah. to build the relationship at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love that because I think for you guys, a, a good example is, you know, you might have one customer that they want their traffic to go up because it means more dollars directly because they're, in, you know, they're selling online and you have a different client where traffic to them means their brand gets more exposure. And those are two really different things and you would measure them in two different ways. And so um, I, I think it, it's interesting that you point that out, that you need to take it from a objective to a goal. Yes. And you know what it, like I said, it, it can be a little, can be a little tricky sometimes, but what I also find helps is if you have the conversation with the executive, if they weren't in, you know, if they're not on the kickoff, which they often aren't, um, mm-hmm. what are they, what are they saying their goals are like, because, you know, who do they report into and what are they responsible for? And that can help to sort of understand and maybe help guide mm-hmm. your, your point of contact and the people that you're going to be speaking to all the time. I also find that, and this is helpful when building your account plan as well. If they're a public company, Google to see if what their, you know, their annual report is, has their CEO said anything about what their goals were for this year? Because I think that that can be really helpful. Um, I remember years ago, we worked with a sporting goods company and their CEO said that their goal was to sell more t-shirts and sneakers or something along those lines. So we were able to say, okay, you know, you're, you're looking at X and Y, but this is what your CEO said your goal was. So do we need to, you know, how should we be focusing on that? Yeah. Um, and that Maybe really not focus on the tennis rackets. Let's focus on the right. t-shirts and sneakers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So let's, so that can be helpful, but that also comes with, again, once you fill out that account plan, it also helps to yeah. have a really smart, educated, um, conversation with, yeah. with the customer as well. Yeah. Before we continue with the rest of the interview, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. If you like Strike Deck Radio, I'd like to introduce you to my new podcast, Reading for Success. Reading for Success is a short weekly podcast where I review books and articles on customer success leadership, break them down for you, and help you figure out whether or not they are worth your time. We will also be featuring author interviews from time to time. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many of the other podcast platforms. I hope you'll join me for Reading for Success. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I love data. If you want to create a data-driven customer success program, StrikeDeck's Pro Guide to Customer Success is a report based on a preliminary study of 5,600 CS professionals from nearly 600 companies. It highlights the scope of customer success and offers valuable data points to help CS professionals enhance their initiatives. Get access to it now and let data drive your decision making. We'll add the link in the description of this podcast. And now back to today's episode. So Sherry, how did you train your team on both the account plan and the joint success plan? This is so new. We really yeah. <laughs> just implemented this at the beginning of, I think, Q, this this quarter, this Q3. Okay, so you're really um, early. Yeah, yeah, we're really early. Um, 
it was time, you know, trying to get certain ducks in a row and making sure that we rolled this out appropriately. So right now we really have only had, we really only applied this to two customers and there's a playbook around it. Like who's going to get an account plan, who gets a joint success plan, that kind of thing. So that we know the rules of engagement. So I also had to work on that. And so this, like, so the team understood exactly how to proceed when, when a new account came in and when they were assigned that account. Um, So the first thing I always like to do, and I think it's important, is to explain the objective. The same thing with your clients, Mm -hmm. right? What is the why? I didn't really want them to think that they were just doing more paperwork or they were being burdened with all of this extra stuff and what point was it going to have. So I I wanted to make sure, like I said, that they understood the why and that they could connect the dots on how this helps retention and growth. Yeah. Because we don't live in a silo. They're not the only ones that are the looking at the account, even though they may be the ones working with the account on that day-to-day basis, so to speak. There's going to be other people that are going to want to know what's happening. I need to understand what's happening. Right. My VP needs to know what's happening. We all roll up into our CRO. Like, how are we, what, are, what is happening with these accounts? So having this kind of transparency and visibility into these accounts, because we can upload these documents into our CRM, into our CS software tool, um, really helps with that. So that was the first thing on understanding why we're doing it and the strategy behind it. And I think that that is, in my opinion, the most important part, because the rest of it is pretty self-explanatory. And then we just walked through those different pieces and like what they were responsible for and how we want this filled in. Now, you know, in a perfect world, you'd have everything. This isn't a perfect world. What's, what's suitable and what can we add to it over time? So it was also important for them to understand that this isn't a one and done, right? (laughs) You're going to build on this and you're going to update it. So don't worry about having every every single thing filled in because you might not be able to, but maybe three months from now you can add some extra things, maybe you know adjust what you had in there before. That's okay. It's a living document. Yeah. Um, so there was that part and you know understanding how they were supposed to go about it and what the expectation was. And then once we actually had customers come in where they could do this, we reviewed it together and they had great questions. Mm -hmm. What should I put here? I have X and Y, but I'm not sure where it should go. What do you think? And is there anything else I need from that? So as it opened up some really great conversation and they all had really valid questions, which is what I wanted. They weren't just going through the motions. And I suspect that we'll continue to have those conversations. But now we've at least had one or two and let's move on from that. And now they'll start to get the hang of it. Yeah. Okay, so I want to go a little deeper on that joint success plan in terms of of your vision for this, because I know it is new. Um, How are you envisioning and when are you envisioning your team using that tool? That's question one. And question two is, how do you envision getting your clients to participate in, in creating the plan together with your team? Because it is a joint success plan. Yes. Okay. So like I said, to start right now, we're using it with, um, we're using it with new customers. Uh-huh. Um, and that's the easiest, at yeah. least starting from here. <laughs> For the rest of the year, let's focus on using this with all brand new customers. It's, it's especially helpful in the beginning of a relationship anyway, right? It's right. a little easier. I suspect my, uh, well, not really suspect, I want to be using it when we come back 
after the holidays in January and everyone's mm-hmm. really planning for the year, that is yeah. an absolutely perfect time to hit the reset button yeah. and really <laughs> maintain that alignment and that partnership and say, okay, let's do this together. So that's, I think it won't just be for maybe these customers that are newer, but that's going to be really for the existing customers, the people that have been around with us for a while. Yeah. What what I, that together for this year. Yeah. I mean, I think that the new year is always a good chance to do that. But then also with everyone, you know, kind of at that point, probably starting to think about coming back from COVID and kind of getting back into a normal business cadence, it opens a really great opportunity for you to be saying to clients, hey, you know, while COVID was happening, we had a lot of opportunity to think about how we could serve you better. And here's one of the things that we came up with, and we'd love to work with you on this and partner with you in a deeper way. And I think, you know, at at a time like that, it really opens up that opportunity for the group. Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's a great place to start the year. Mm -hmm. Um, And it will help, like I said, a lot of our longer term clients, like let's let's focus and let's do this together. But for now, like I said, we're using it for new customers. Um, it's an Excel file. Ideally, I'd love it to be in our CS software platform. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I'd love to see a visual tracking, almost like in Excel when you kind of have that donut chart. Like, yep. are we thir- we're 30% to our goal. We're 50% to our goal because visuals speak to people. Yeah. So I, that is my hope in the future we can get there. Um, but right now it's an Excel doc. Um, it's pretty simple. And, um, you know, like I said, so far, so far, so good. Um, in terms of participation, Again, that that can be a challenge. Um, in my yeah. experience, you know, if if you position it as you're playing a role in their own success, like we want to make you look like a rock star. Yeah, we want to help you achieve your goals, but we want to make you look successful. Like this isn't about me. I want to tell your boss that you are a rock star and you deserve, you know, a million dollars more a year. So that is that is our job, and you know, we want to partner in your success. So if we look at it that way, you can. I think you get a little bit more relaxed. People get more relaxed around it. Um, But again, I think the challenge is it's not so much their participation. It's the lack of understanding what their objectives actually are. That's kind of a red flag, but I also think it's an opportunity to have those conversations, maybe build a relationship with an exec that you didn't have before. Yeah, absolutely. So there are ways to, to make this a positive in, in, um, in my opinion. Yeah. So I know this is very early days for you, but what results have you seen so far from using the account plan or the joint success plan with clients? Um, Early, but like I said, we have two examples so far and both have, like I said, the CSMs had great questions around doing it. And I think that they really started to see how it could be valuable because when we were talking about it and they were asking the questions and had the data you could you could feel the mind shift and okay we have this how would you know let's put this here and i we know this about their their business and i look this up um and they're doing a lot more research beforehand not to say that we were never doing it before but now you know i noticed this this and this on their website and their ceo said this and i'm you know and then you can ask the ae did you ask these questions did you know anything more about that so right. the conversations are are really improving around it and they're asking even better questions instead of just saying, oh, we have a new customer, let's, we're going to go through the kickoff and we're going to have the onboarding. There's a lot 
more thought involved because now we have to work on this document that's going mm-hmm. to be really more helpful. So I, I, I think it's helpful for, for everybody. Um, and the joint success plan, interestingly, um, it's been really well received. Uh, we have one new client um, and I asked the CSM, I'm like, hey, you know, what was the feedback on that? Did you, have you done that? And I was really excited about the, the overwhelmingly positive feedback from this client. They loved it. Um, they thought it was so smart that we did that. They loved being able to see it like on paper, so to speak, and live yeah. um, and have something to work towards. And this is a big logo for us also. Um, so I was really excited to hear that they were excited about it. Yeah. So that, um, that gives me, that gives me great joy <laughs> that this could potentially be, depending on how things go, let's talk six months from now. Let's see where this, um, this partnership is. And can we use this as a story? Yeah. And can I share this with the rest of my organization to say, here's a story about the, the importance and the use of a success plan and how it can help in this, um, in a partnership. And then maybe I'll come back and talk to you and tell you how amazing it was. <laughs> And we're, and we've retained this client and we've, in fact, you know, we've even grown this business with them. So who knows? That's exciting. Yeah. I I think, you know, it would be great to get you back on the podcast in like six or nine months and hear more of the success stories that you've had with your clients and, and also internally with this process, because I think you're going to see some great changes. Yeah, I'm excited. So if someone in the audience wanted to start using an account plan or a joint success plan, what advice would you give them? Is there anything that you'd recommend that they definitely do or definitely not do? Well, my first advice would be do it. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that would be, I think it, I can't believe we haven't done this before or mm-hmm. it didn't do it to the level that we should have really. Um, it's made such a difference. Um, even when we just started out small with um, smaller Sorry, mm-hmm. with just using the business model, like I said, you know, yeah. from, from the Success League, it was so fantastic, and that that really was sort of the catalyst to move this even um, further. Yeah. Uh, so again, I recommend it. I would recommend thinking, be thoughtful about it. Don't rush to get it get it done and out there. What is it that you want to include? What what is the value proposition that your company provides? And what do you, you know, what are the types of things that you cover with your customers? Like be thoughtful about what your customer base looks like. Do you need them different by segment? Um, Mm -hmm. What is the goal that you want to get from them? Um, I would say in terms of not do, don't follow what I do sometimes and try to boil the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't agonize over it either. Yeah, I mean, I start with something, whatever you can get your hands on. And I have to say, you know, I think there's a, I, I love your advice that you need to take what you find and customize it for your organization, because that's what we do in our consulting practice. We never just sort of give people just templates and say, always use it this way. You know, I think you have to modify it for every company. Um, but there are so many templates for both account plans and success plans that are out there. And I think you can grab those as a starting point and then start working with them and then really dial them in for your organization. Yeah. But I would say limit your Googling to about <laughs> three, maybe five at most, because then you fall down this 
never ending rabbit hole and you just are, you just, you know, it's, um, analysis paralysis sort of situation. And you, but so keep your Googling limited, um, find the things that work, make sure it makes sense for the value proposition of your business and the, and the customers that you serve and what's going to be most beneficial. And I would also say, don't worry if it's not perfect, look at it after three months or six months. And is there anything that you might want to change? It's, it's a living document, iterate on it if you need to. Yeah. So Sherry, last question. Uh, what do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? Um, <laughs> I know you and I could probably talk about this for another hour. So. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. And we can, we, can bring, we can bring Lauren in and I'm sure the three of us. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a two-hour podcast. We don't have time for that. Two? <laughs> I should show you the timestamp from Lauren and I's conversations sometimes. <laughs> um, I think we need more than two. Anyway, um, biggest trend in customer success. I am seeing a lot more about certifications. Yeah. Um, I, I have mixed feelings. Me too, actually, which <laughs> is kind of ironic since we offer a certification, but let me hear your take on it. So the reason I have mixed feelings was because, well, first, I think it's creating barriers to employment. Yeah. And that, to me, is a really big problem. I, I would hate, especially in this times of COVID when people have lost their jobs and maybe, you know, they're not without, they don't have income and maybe they don't have the ability to move back home with a a family member or something like that. You know, if having to, you know, pay for that could be an expense. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also, I don't, I think it's a nice to have, but I do things that I do believe that there are things just like a test that a, you know, a certification just can't quantify for me as a hiring manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know maybe it can sharpen some skills, or maybe for someone, you know, that's moving into CS from something else, might be able to learn something new. But overall, I, I wouldn't choose to hire someone because they had a certification. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there are things that I want to know that are inherent in what we look at for CSMs, like problem solvers, doers, critical thinking skills, being able to talk to how you did something or, you know, being solution oriented. And I just don't think you can teach someone that in a certification. Like there are certain qualities that you look for that mm-hmm. you either have them or you don't, or the right leader can coach someone through. Yeah. So I, I have a problem because I keep hearing about these and I recently even heard about this saying, hey, I don't know if I should do this because I can't get cast past the gatekeeper. But then I will say this, and this this is my answer to that. I think it's inherent upon those of us that are hiring managers to really think twice about that and to tell the HR person or who's ever in charge of like being the gatekeeper and the first barrier to entry mm-hmm. that this shouldn't be a barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. That we should look at all of the people that are relevant if they submit a resume and it's let's look at them and make sure let's talk to the people who look like they're going to their skills and experience or are intriguing and we want to have more of a conversation with them. I don't want to eliminate someone because they don't have a CS cert. So that it troubles me a little bit. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest, it troubles me a little bit because right now it's not like a project management PMP where, you know, there's an industry standard that everyone's agreed to, and this is what it takes to be a certified PMP. And there's 20 different training programs out there for you to 
take that you could hit that same certification and be confident that you were at the same level. That doesn't exist in customer success right now. And I, there's, there's a lot of us that have certification programs, but we're all holding ourselves to our own standard. And, you know, I'll say we, we put a lot of research and um, time into figuring out what it would take for us to consider somebody certified as a CSM. And, you know, I can't speak to other companies that are out there. I know some of them have also put a lot of research into theirs and others haven't. And so, you know, it's just all over the place right now. And so as a hiring manager, frankly, if it were me, I wouldn't put a whole lot of faith into just seeing that stamped on somebody's resume or on somebody's LinkedIn profile, because, you know, unless you're really sure of where that came from and really confident in the program they went through, it isn't an industry standard at this point. And that's my biggest problem with it. And it's my biggest frustration with it because I want there to be an industry standard so bad um, because it would really help our program, um, you know, but we don't have that yet. And so I, I agree with you. I think it's hard as a um, hiring manager to look at that with the level of seriousness that you might look at, you know, a, a project manager that had a PMP. That yeah. said, I think for people that are coming into customer success for the first time from, you know, maybe the field of sales or maybe the field of operations might benefit from some of the classes that are a part of the certification programs that are out there and could learn a lot about the field and be ready to come in and hit the ground running a little bit better. Yeah, I, I think there can be there can be benefit to it for sure. And like I just said to someone who's job searching right now, who'd mentioned this, I said, I think as a, as a hiring manager, while I don't, I'm, I'm not going to not hire you or not speak to you, be, you know, one or the other with, because of the certification, <laughs> but I think you doing it on your own, I see past that. And I see you took the initiative to do that, to better yourself. Yeah. And you want to further your own education. So again, I, I wouldn't, base my hiring or, you know, wanting to speak to you and have an in, or interview you because of that cert, I would think of the thoughts and feelings around why you did that. Yeah. Well, and I think it's gravy, you know, like it, it's nice to have if somebody has gone through that because you can, you know, think about what they learned from that and the effort that they took to get there. But honestly, you know, I, I was listening to what you were saying about how you got into customer success and all of the hospitality industry experience that you had. That's so valuable. And frankly, in a lot of ways, a lot more valuable than going and getting a certification. I can't agree more. And I could expect, <laughs> like I could talk about that and the experience from working in a restaurant or in that hospitality you know, industry and how much it can do for you, especially in client facing roles. Like if anybody listening has teenagers that are looking for their first job, and I know COVID right now is kind of putting a monkey wrench into things like that. Yes. But eventually in the future, you want your kid to have great experience, learn how to work with others, learn how to work in diverse situations to problem solve, um, have them work in a restaurant. I, I can't, I can't say it enough. You know, it, it helped me so much. And interestingly, my last thing I'll say on this is about a year or two ago, I was at a, a customer success meetup in New York City and uh -huh. they had sales and CS people on the panel. It was a panel conversation. And one of them was a sales, a very well-known um, 
person in sales, I think John Barrows. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. He's great. He's, he's fantastic. And he said, someone asked him a question, like, what would make a good CSM interesting or something like that? He's like, anyone that's worked in a restaurant or hospitality. Yeah. And I just laughed. I literally laughed out loud. And, I, and he, everything he said after that was just pretty much what I said here or some version of it. Um, and I was like, I'm telling you, it's you will get experience that it's going to be helpful in life. Period. Yeah. I mine wasn't my experience wasn't in restaurants, but it was in fabric stores, and it was working with customers in fabric stores and craft stores, and it was much the same. Like you learn about all different kinds of people in all different kinds of situations, and that kind of frontline customer service job is just totally invaluable. Agreed. Absolutely. Well, Sherry, I can't believe it took us this long to get you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate all the advice you shared with the audience. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. I was so excited to be here. Very excited. (laughs) Hey, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, They can reach me on LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest way. Uh, Sherry Srebnik. And you can um, connect with me, send me a message. Always happy for new connections, uh, especially in the CS community. It's super exciting. Well, thank you so much. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io. And follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And finally, thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.